Hello and welcome to the next episode of ADHD Mums. Today, I have my informal co-host Chantel, who I wrote back in all the time. She loves it. Chantel, for anyone who hasn't listened to her episodes, she is living in Brisbane. She's studying her RNs. She has two neurodiverse kids. She is neurodiverse herself. And we have done a great episode. Well, we've done lots of great episodes with Chantel, but the last one that we did was called Self-Hatred and ADHD, which was a cracker. And at the end of it, Chantel kind of went into holidays and how she was planning on holidaying to Maryborough differently this time. At the end of the episode, I said, hey, why don't we just pick back up? Because I kind of want to know how to holiday better. I'm terrible at it. And I put a poll up and said, who would like to hear from Chantel and about how to holiday with ADHD to see if her plan worked or whether it went completely sour. And we had 100% of people wanted to have a follow-up on Chantel and how the holiday went. So here we are. Welcome, Chantel. Hey, Jane. So Chantel, I just want to do, so we are at 9.37 a.m., This schedule was for 9am. I spent over 30 minutes frantically clicking my internet, which we discovered was I had two internet modems going one hotspot and I was clicking so frantically with excitement that I don't think I gave any of the internets enough chance to work. Then I ran off and got coffee. Then I started stressing and Chantel, beautiful Chantel, sat there and just paid her bills and did her admin calmly, just waiting for me. And so here we are, 40 minutes late, completely my fault. We made it. And you gifted me 40 minutes of administrative time, Jane. So thank you. That's what you gave me back this morning. I feel like I body doubled you. I feel like I body doubled you. Like, well, I can't move because Jane could come back. So you just sat there and kept kept doing it. It actually made me feel a lot better because, you know, if you're sitting there staring at the screen, it stresses me out. But I was like, Chantel's doing all of her backed up admin. I absolutely was, and it was fabulous. So thank you very much. So I'm excited about this topic. It seems like a little thing, but it actually isn't. So I did a episode, a solo episode called School Holidays Shit Show, which was basically because I thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown over the June, July holidays, which had a, a whole different variables, which was not just to do with school holidays. There was sickness. There was the upcoming wedding. There was the whole thing in there, right? But And I really have a fascination in how to holiday better because everyone on this podcast, in my mind, really want to be a great mum. They want to be a great parent. They want to have a great family. They want to give their kids as much as they can. And so holidaying can often be high pressure because, you know, you might only be out to afford one every couple of years or, you know, you're going camping, you're doing what you can, you've taken time off work. There's so much build up. I was wondering what would be your perspective on I think having ADHD adds an extra layer too about holidaying with kids. Like what is it about it that makes it so hard? Yeah, I have always seen other people holiday or heard about my friends' holidays with their kids or seen their photos on Facebook and there's like big groups at a house and I have always just been in awe of them. It all looked so simple and they all came back so relaxed and I every time I would go away, I would come back more stressed than when I went and I couldn't figure out where I was going wrong and why everyone was like shouting at each other all the time. I'm thinking this is a holiday, like equals relaxation and everyone's chilled out. And that was never how our holidays were. Somebody was always crying. Somebody was always hungry. There was a broken something. It was always just a disaster. 
and it was never relaxing. Did your kids enjoy it? Like when you came back, because you said you've had a shit time, not shit time, I don't want to say that. It's been difficult on you. Oh, no, you. shit time would be accurate. What was your kid's perspective? <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to be like you had a shit time with your kids on your holiday, but like you did. So, but what was your yeah. kid's perspective in this? Because you've come back like gone to war, punched, like physically assaulted in your mind. Have they come back yeah. pumped? <laughs> they are very mentally exhausted, but they will outwardly say they had a great time. So if someone asks them how their holiday was, they're like, yeah, it was fun. We did this, whatever the thing was, but they, they've got no spoons left to do anything like mentally they are drained. And so I just know that the load is too great. And I just couldn't, I can't, I couldn't figure out, and I'm still working on it, how I reduce that mental load, because that transition of being somewhere different just to start out with is huge. So I was always constantly trying to mitigate the risk of, or not mitigate the risk because the risk is there, but soften the blow really of, and Mm. give it that positive spin of, you know, different experience and blah, blah, blah. But they always remember the minute things that wouldn't have mattered if we were in Brisbane or if we were in Canada. And that always blows my mind because then again, I like, it's just that extra kind of dagger in your back of, well, why did we spend all that money, time and effort? Give me a specific. Yeah. So we went to Ellie Beach and we went for a walk along the Esplanade. It was lovely. We'd had lunch in Ellie Beach. So just at a cafe. And then we walked back and the kids wanted to just stop at every playground on the way back. That was what they wanted to do. We were like, do you want to sit on the thing and watch the turtles, see if we can spot any turtles? No. Do you want to go to this like this beach in Ellie Beach? No. We want to go to the skate park. We want to go to this playground. So we literally walked the peninsula and stopped at every playground along the way. And we had, like it was the kid version of pub crawling. We playground crawled through Ellie Beach. We could have done that anywhere. I've been to Ellie Beach and let me tell you, that's a long, like I would never do that. Like kudos to you because I'd be like, I've got two Macs in me. Good on you. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I just was so, you know, I'm always so surprised. And it's lovely and humbling that that's what they enjoy doing and they were enjoying doing it together until you know, a certain point and then there was a fight about a swing and someone wouldn't play tag and the normal chaos. But again, I I would be okay with not paying for the privilege of doing that in Ellie Beach and we could do that in Brisbane. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So it's the simple things. I think I mentioned in one of the podcasts, I don't know which one because I just I feel like all I do is interview, which I love <laughs> by the way, is I was talking about when I went to Noosa at Easter and my boys just wanted to play in this dirty drain with sewerage. And we were in Noosa on the river, right? And I thought we were going to be going to Hastings Street and going to the beach. And I had all, we even bought SUP boards, which, you know, eight months later I've just blown up, which we didn't <laughs> even get out of the cardboard boxes because the kids played in this dirty old river drain in Noosa. And my husband and I just sat there and thought, we could have done this like anywhere anywhere but yeah it's funny they kind of want to but then is that then a sense of home like they don't want to do all the big stuff all the time is that them calming down just going to a playground everything's normal I don't know 
and they have time and space to do that when you're on holiday in our daily life we've got Mm. school we've got activities we've got you know whatever is going on therapy etc and then when they have this you know we say well what would you like to do today they just want to go to the playground that is what they want to do whether you're in early beach america (laughs) wherever it doesn't matter so that was that was really insightful for me in trying to do holidays differently and i did use that on our last small trip in our caravan up to maryborough because i was also the person that when i would book holidays it was we had an itinerary which i think you always need a a bit of a plan to maximize the benefit but not to the degree that I would do it. And that's what what I had found was detrimental to me in coming back exhausted because I had maximised our holiday and everyone's experience, but the cost to me was so great emotionally and physically that that is why I was so exhausted when I would come back. And I think that so many people can relate to, you know, maybe being the mum, you've packed everyone's stuff, you've organized everything and then you're away and you're making sure you're at all of the activities at the right times and picking up what you need to and calculating travel time and costs etc and then you come back and you've got washing to do and you've got to get straight back into work and you've got to so there there is no break (laughs) so I would always you know do the groceries and the click and collect and I think there's that pressure to, you know, everyone is so busy. Like I was, I sat down to podcast this morning and I thought, well, I didn't think I'd be 40 minutes late. So I thought we were going to have a bit more, bit more, you know, fun time to have a chat first, but that was my fault. But I was actually thinking, I really want to say to Chantel, I just don't, I haven't been feeling great. Like, you know, how when someone says, how are you? And you go, yeah, I'm good. I thought, no, let's just, let's just be real. I actually feel really crap and I've had lots of crap days in a row. And then you start to think, am I okay? Am I down? Should I change medication? Should I go to the GP? Is this just life? What can I do differently? You know, you start to overanalyze it because ADHD, that's, that's what I do anyway. But I think there's so much pressure that comes to, so there's the hope of the holiday, right? There's a hope. So I'm sitting here going, there's the hope of the holiday. We've booked three days in camping in September holidays, which my expectations are, it'll be a fucking nightmare. So I'm hoping it's just like somewhat good at some point. I always try and lower the expectations right down. So if there's a moment of happiness, I, 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 oh, wow, that was actually quite fun for the hour. But I think when you're working, you have ADHD, you're running some kind of household, you're single parenting, or you're also balancing the needs of a husband or a partner as well. Plus there's financial pressure, right? So you're balancing all this, like you said, shopping, everything that you've got to do to get prepped for this holiday. You've taken a few days off work, which it's difficult because you've probably used all your sick leave up with your kids, right? So you've been going to work sick, you run down. And this is when people say they get on a holiday and then they get sick or they all get unwell because it's like the first time they've had a chance to relax, their body goes, I can actually be sick for a minute. Or it's like your body's way of stopping you from doing all of the things, whatever your beliefs are. I don't have any strong beliefs. I'm just saying, I just think people get sick when they go on holidays a lot, but there's all that pressure there. This might be $3,000 that you don't have, or it might be your only three grand. It might be your savings. And I've just noticed with my kids, as soon as I put any pressure on them whatsoever, like time pressure, pressure to have a good time, pressure because I'm worried that people are looking at us or 
I want to fit in or, you know, we're at swimming and I, I don't want anyone to start screaming. For example, my son's sixth birthday party on Sunday, I did feel some sense of pressure. I don't know those parents particularly well. So I was feeling a bit pressure to get around, be that social person. And I've got a four-year-old that could have coped in the big boying six months ago. He's not able to cope at the moment. The noise, the sound, I was unaware that he would react the way he did. And I felt awful, to be honest. When I got there, I had to go pick up the balloons. My husband took him there. And I thought at the time, geez, it would be easy to go to the shopping center without him because he's a slow walker. He can be quite difficult. And so I thought, oh, I'll go I'll go there with my daughter because she's easier. He can take the boys. I'll meet him there with the number six balloon because you don't know what Billy will do. And I could be half an hour late for this party if he decides that he wants to walk and then the balloon pops. I get there, Billy's already in the corner curled up. And I'm like, oh, no, this is the start of the party. I ended up missing the happy birthday song, didn't end up get to getting to speak to anybody, and ended up sitting in the car with Billy while he ate his piece of cake and he had his favourite music and he was sitting in my lap. I wouldn't say he was shaking, but he was trying to calm down and he needed me to co-regulate with him. But I actually wondered afterwards, I was like, okay, I should have had him with me. My husband decided not to bring the special teddy that he needed. There's a lot of things that I wish I could have done differently, but I also thought I wonder if it was the pressure because I wanted, didn't want these people there to have judgments of me and my children. So do you know what I mean? Like that little bit of pressure, I know I've had it, that's a long way around, but I was I meaning like if you've got a lot of pressure on a holiday to be fun and you've put a lot into it and you and your husband have spent a lot of money on it and then your kids start being, and I mean, let's just call it ungrateful brats because everyone is bringing up a spoiled entitled child in this generation, in my opinion. Everybody is bringing up an entitled brat in some ways. I know that's an awful thing to say, but that's like, honestly, some it's ridiculous things that I hear all the time. Anyway, so my point is there's a lot of pressure on these holidays, which is why you have an itinerary. Sorry for having the longest just there. No, but- I love it. And I wanted to go back to that, the birthday party that you had and that automatic negative thinking of they're all going to judge you negatively. I am sure there were, there would have been someone there having the thought of that mum, like that's brave to take yourself away and sit with him and just give him what he needs. Because as a parent, I find it really admirable when I can see people, other parents just giving their kids what they need, irrespective of what's going on. And Mm. I might not have an opportunity to tell them that, but I do. I really I really find that because I sometimes think that I don't do that very well all the time. And and you're right, there, there's it's that idealistic versus what's realistic. And that's what was happening with my holidays. I would have this idealistic, we're going to go away, you know, to the Gold Coast and we're going to be having fun on the beach and we're going to go out for dinner and we're going to do all of these things. And in the middle there, I'd forgotten that we have, you know, sensory issues and we have food aversions that we don't like going out for dinner. We like going out for lunch because they're not eating at dinner. You know, we had all of these things that I didn't factor into because my rigid thinking was a holiday looks like this and I had to learn. And then you want to capitalize too. You thinking I'm in this place. I don't want to go to playgrounds. I can do that at home. But then what does your itinerary look like? Because you don't want to overcommit. that's a balance and you want to see all the things in the Gold Coast and what if 
you know, what's suitable for all of the age groups, so things that you can all do together. So we'll do, you know, something each day and we'll have an idea. And I really had to learn that just as, and I've been with my psychologist for just over a year now, and it has taken me a year to realise that I need my needs met, but so do the kids. So that, and because I'm always meeting their needs and they're never going to, very rarely will they be the same. And I was really struggling with that because as the mum, I'm like, well, I just always meet their needs, full stop, irrespective of how I'm feeling or what's going on. And I didn't know how to meet my needs and their needs at the same time. And that is, has been a huge part of learning how to holiday differently to meet everyone's needs and meet everyone where they're at. I know in one of the podcasts that we did earlier, I mentioned how my nan had this amazing ability on reflection. All she, all she did, I say that in inverted commas, all she did because it's massive, was meet me where I was at as a kid and it made the most enormous difference. And I didn't know how to do that for the kids and myself because of our neurodivergence. So leaning into that and understanding that and understanding or creating those strategies around that. So how can we do that? What does that even look like? Breaking that down, that has been invaluable. We're still learning. It is still a process. Our We started it with our holiday to Marybar. So the first thing I did was I always used to have this expectation that I would, you know, I'd start work at 7.30 in the morning, say, and then I'd finish work at nine and we'd get in the car and go. And there's no transition time there. I've gone from work to, and I need just as much kindness in transition as my kids do. (laughs) I didn't really realize that. So learning how to work in with that. And we left on, I think it must have been a public holiday of some description or the kids had a pupil-free day. And so we left on the Friday morning. So I made sure that I wrapped up all my work on a Thursday night. So when I woke up in the morning, the only load I was carrying was just get dressed and move into holiday mode. Do you remember you went out to go get your meds and then you forgot them? Remember you said, because we podcasted on the Thursday and then you were like talking about how organized you were. And then you were like, oh my God, I never, never picked up my prescription. Best do that on Friday. And I was like, oh my God, should I text and remind you? Say, sorry, you did. So as long as you got your prescription, I assume as well, because this is going to go a different way if you went unmedicated. Definitely meds were there. I have not actually, oh no. Chantelle just turned her video off, but she's good. Chantelle, it's just, I just feel like I'm like need a glass of wine whenever I talk to you. We should just get a glass of wine. It's 9.56. We should just crack it. Sorry. I just, it is so nice talking to ADHD mums. It is the best. They're just the best. Anyway, sorry, you go. It's comforting, isn't it? It is really comforting. It's just so good. I, we use Chemist Warehouse for medication. I have used other chemists before who offer the same service, but they have not been able to consistently deliver to the level that Chemist Warehouse have. And I have never missed a script. It, they've just been amazing. And I have I'm, never, don't know anything about Chemist Warehouse. What do they do? 
So they have a text script service, so they can hold all of your scripts on file and they will text you when it is due to be dispensed and you just reply no. yes and then they yeah and they text you when it's been dispensed and say it's ready to come and pick no. up and then if you don't pick it up within 24 hours they ring you <gasps> oh oh my god i've got to write that down if there are people out there who don't know about that please speak to your chemist as to whether they offer the text prescription service they will hold all of your scripts there they will let you know how many oh repeats God. you've got left and you just report do you know what i do i just go past a pharmacy with my script i try try and find it i've always got my kids with me and then whenever i go in too early which is always because i'm either out of medication and i'm crazy or i'm there way too <laughs> early and i know they don't mean it but because it's a controlled substance they don't mean to but they're like this is a controlled substance and, you know, you're here early. Like, they look at me as if I'm a criminal. And I'm like, I always say to them, hey, like, I don't really have any sense of time. I'm just walking past thinking, is it time yet? But they kind of, they, I don't want to say have a go at you, but I always feel a bit like I'm a criminal trying to get some kind of like meth or something. And I'm like, that's sweet. I just don't know when it is. Absolutely. And I really do feel that there's a gap there for pharmacy assistants to be trained in the ADHD you know, those stimulants and medications and why they're prescribed because I feel like if they had a bit more of an understanding of what is going on there and why we need this medication, the judgment wouldn't feel as harsh. Yes, it is a controlled substance and yes, it's an S8 medication. So they still need to follow protocol. But I feel like we can still do that with a little less judgment because ironically, this is why we need the medication because we're all over the place if we don't have it. So we're not trying to make your life difficult. <laughs> it's just what we need. So get onto it. Speak to your pharmacy about tech service. Because the psychiatrist doesn't rebook me either, right? So I literally have no idea what's going on ever until I got walk around. Even the other day I said to my husband, oh yeah, I've got another, I've got another bottle of that. And then I was like, he's like, you don't, I, I, there's not there. And then I'm just thinking, is that it? Like, it's so confusing. And now I'm like unmedicated for a week, which is an absolute mess. And anyway, we shouldn't go down the medication thing. But I'm just saying, thank you for the chemist warehouse. I'm going to post hard on that on Instagram. Sorry, back to Mary Brother. Sorry, sorry. They are the most efficient provider that I have used in my own experience. I have used other pharmacies that offer it, but chemist warehouse has just, they've, they've got it. The system is solid. And I need a solid system to manage I'm my bed. Hearing you, yeah, yeah. So yeah, please share that. So Mary Burra, so I did pick up the medication. Thank you, Chemist Warehouse. And that that night, I I didn't work till midnight, which again is something that I would I would typically do. And I got up in the morning, knowing that there was actually no departure time. Again, that was a big big thing for me. So usually I'd be like, right, if we leave at nine, we'll be there at 11. We'll be at this place for lunch and then we'll, or we'll pick up click and collect groceries at 11. That's the time slot that we've got. And then we'll get there, we'll set up the caravan and then this activity is on in the afternoon. That would historically be how I holidayed in inverted commas. This is why everyone looks so relaxed when they come back because they're not doing that on day one. And mm. so we didn't have a departure time. It was just when we were ready. And that theory kind of blew my mind I was like how like what if it takes us until three o'clock to be ready well then it takes us till three o'clock that's okay let's just meet everyone where they're at 
someone needs to go to the toilet at 10 to 9, that's okay. They go to the toilet at 10 to 9. We just leave when we're ready. So you're taking the pressure off. Like you're not saying everybody has to be in the car at 10 a.m. and everyone's got under an hour, you know, because that's kind of what I would do too. And then I'd be like really angry when it never happened. And stress because the time's ticking. The clock's counting down and you're like, you're chasing this deadline. But there was really, in this particular holiday, we didn't have flights to catch or anything. So, and that's why we trialed it with this holiday, these, these new things. So we could just leave when we were ready. So that was really, that was a game changer. I really found that to be a game changer because I had never thought about that before. And so we cruised on in our holiday with Lucy, our caravan and bless Lucy. She is a, we have a vintage remake (laughs) and so she's got character. She's got a few flaws. So we're innocently driving along on our holiday and or to our destination and the front window blows out sorry to backtrack Chantel so you you left pretty calmly and you just left whenever like did you leave around about when you thought you were you were you were it was pretty chilled because you just took the pressure off and it was all sweet like it sounds pretty good yeah I had no time that we were leaving I literally had no departure time in my head so and that was the difference because even what I would do, I might not give that time pressure to the kids, but I would have that time mm. pressure on myself. So I might not share it with them, but I would know I'm still chasing that time. And then you'd be internally exploding. That's what I do. Yeah. And then I'm just like yeah. cooking inside because I'm like, this is way over budget time, but I've not communicated that. Oh, that's yeah. But they know. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So, so your window blew out. Sorry. That's, I love where this is going. No, that's okay. Yeah. No, we just packed our stuff. I think we did about 14 trips to and from the caravan because we forgot, oh, and we need this, oh, and we need that, oh, and we need this. And there was no stress around like, quick, come on, get it in. I can't believe we forgot that. There was none of that. So we we hopped in the car and it, everyone had snacks. By the time, I think by the time we got in the car, everyone was like, right, we're hungry now. <laughs> and I thought, oh okay, God. so we'll just stop and get something to eat. So we're driving along and the front window blows out. So nothing, a bit of gaffer can't fix. So first stop, we do that and we think, okay, let's get a a bit of distance on us before we maybe stop to eat. And the kids were pretty, were pretty chilled in the car, which was great. They were just enjoying the downtime and, you know, talking about where we were going. My son, I think we've been talking, we were talking about this for you know, months. And then we get, when we start driving after fixing the window, he goes, where are we going again? (laughs) And I thought, wow, I just like, this has been on my mind every minute of every day for like the last three months. And I would just love to have that freedom of thinking, what what am I doing now? Where am I going? Like it blows my mind. I love it. So we then proceeded to make, I don't know, about four more stops because toilet, food, something else bag needed a pillow from the boot whatever it was so how long was this trip in the car (laughs) the drive should have been maximum two hours okay i I was trying to figure out because i'm like is this an eight hour trip (laughs) or is this no, it was meant to be two hours. And I thought in, in my mind, I didn't have a time that we wanted to leave. I had an idea that we would get there around lunchtime. That was it. That was that was the only 
kind of static point that I had and we got there at four (laughs) o'clock. So how did you feel getting there later than you thought? Because you thought, okay, 12 o'clock, you actually got there at four. Yeah, look, it wasn't ideal in my mind because we were meeting my nan and pop there and I hadn't seen them for like a month or so and or it would have been more than a month and I really just wanted to have the time to hang out with them and I thought, you know, if we'd gotten there by lunchtime, we'd just have the time to do that. And I felt so I felt like I was missing out on time with them. So then that kind of maximizing time and the holiday even though I was meeting everybody where they were at I had that that sense of shame of why can I not do this better like now I've missed out on time with Nan and Pop and I really want that time and what could I have done to make it better and and Nan and Pop going to be judging us and when we get there like everyone might be calm but I've still missed out on that time and it's just shit (laughs) full stop and we've like it's still day zero. Yeah. Well, no, I'm glad you're honest about that because that would that would really piss me off. Like I'd be trying not to be irritated, but inside I'd be yeah. really irritated. So I'm glad you were honest about that because I was like, that would piss me right off. Yeah, I was. And I had said to Nan, I'll do the dinner on Friday night. Like it'll just be easy because we've got the caravan. So I'll just do roast chook and veggies. So getting there at four o'clock meant that I then go straight into cooking and preparing dinner mode while I'm trying to unpack the caravan and say hello to Nan and Pop. And I'm like, that's three things. And I've been stuck in the car, (laughs) which is not where my ADHD brain wants to be. And yeah, it was, it was like day zero. And I was like, we've done this differently and it's still shit. (laughs) I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And see, this is like where I think ADHD and perfectionism interlink because, and that's where I get myself caught up because I'd be like, so hell bent on getting there at 12 o'clock. I'd be like, we're not stopping. If you haven't done a wee, you have to do one in a bottle, you know, like that's it boys. (laughs) no more wheeze like little puppies. Let's get them done. Let's get there. But then, and then I would have time, but then you kind of, it's, it's a hard because then your intention is to have a lovely holiday and meet everybody where they're at, but you've also then missed out on that time. And we always arrive the first night of a holiday between four and 6 PM every time. And then, you know, my kids are younger than yours too. So everyone's like completely psychotic. And then you're trying to get them in pajamas. <laughs> you're trying to get them in bed. And then you're trying to get something to eat. And my husband, he has a degree in nutrition. He's a bodybuilder, very pedantic about food. So a lot of people go, just order a pizza. That's not right for him. Mm. So he needs That's to then option. have the right food. So how did you recover? Because I'd be I'd be really spun out at that point. Mm. So I always, in, in, my, in my afternoons, I really look forward to just sitting down with a cup of tea. That's my like reset. Sometimes I would have four in a day if I've needed to reset four times. (laughs) So I was really looking forward to just sitting down in my camp chair with a cup of tea. So I go to make that and in our four stops, two of which were to servos, I'd forgotten to buy the milk. I love it, Chantel. God, you talk about the real stuff. So this is actually really important to you and you still forgot the milk. That's so what I would do. Still forgot the milk. Still forgot the milk. Was meeting everyone where they're at. Didn't think about what I was really looking forward to. I had got like the day before, I had packed like a few things, just cheese and crackers and some bits for dinner so that I didn't need to think about it on the Friday. It was all done and forgot the milk. 
so I was then, then I was mad, actually furious at myself because I'm like, I just want a fucking cup of tea on the holiday. Like it's not turned out how I wanted. And then it, that's when my brain starts to spiral and the, all of that overwhelming sense of hatred of like, fuck, why can't I do this better? Like, is this really how my life is going to go that I don't deserve a cup of tea? Like what is wrong with me that I can't remember the milk? Mm. Like I fucking don't understand it. And and then you've spent all this time putting everyone's needs ahead of yours. I only saying meeting everyone with right. That's not really including you <laughs> because you've not got to see Nan and Pop or have a cup of tea, but okay. Yeah. And I, so then I'm, when I'm angry or when I'm furious, I cry. That's my, my body's just oh. too overwhelmed to even process. Oh, and I, me too. And I hate it because everyone then wants to I give you a hug. I thought that was just me. I get no. so angry and then I, I just cry and then I don't want anyone to touch me. And then when I hug you and I'm like, fuck off. So bad. Yeah. Like, don't, I'm really mm. actually mad. <laughs> don't, we need wide berth. Yes. Fucking leave me alone. Right? So I'm trying to yeah. not cry, not be furious because everybody's trying to help and they are. They're all trying to help to get stuff out of the van and so everyone's all up in your grill and we're in a caravan, so confined space. And I just, I think I just sent everybody out. I said, I just need everybody out and you guys set up that stuff and I'm just going to hang out in here for a minute and sort dinner. And so that's what I did. And then we eventually, my memory gets really hazy too when I feel like that. I actually, my recall is terrible. So I don't remember a whole lot from there until kind of sitting around the fire. Luckily, bless my nan, I just love her so much. She had, they were staying in a cabin at the same place and she, of course, had milk in her room. So she went up and got the milk. She actually made me a cup of tea up at her room and brought it down to the caravan because she's the best. And what a legend. She is a legend. And so we, I got the cup of tea and we sat down and, and it, it was lovely. The Saturday was the festival and I was pumped for it. Maybe it was the Sunday. I actually can't remember how the days were. I'm pretty sure we had, yeah, the Saturday wasn't the festival. The Saturday we just went into town and we had a look around and the kids, all they wanted to do was make bunches of dry kindling for the fire and they would wrap leaves around the stuff and they just had the best time. And Millie has her own business making candles and she, <laughs> yep, so she had brought her, supplies and created a little market stall at the caravan and went around and told people about it and told them to come and look so we had people coming <laughs> to look at candles and she made a few sales and we had different people next to us the first night they left early in the morning then we had another family arrive and they had younger kids so our kids went off and played with them and it was they were lovely and then the next day was the Mary Poppins festival so what we had planned no, sorry, not not Mary. was it Mary Poppins? Mary Poppins Festival, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
I'm wow, a, okay. I didn't realize that. Sorry. I'm a big Mary Poppins fan, huge. And I was so excited because the first time I happened upon the Mary Poppins Museum in Maryborough, it was like two o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon. They closed at three. I didn't know it existed. My mind was blown. And this was about two years ago. So I was actually really excited to go back. I was like, this is, I'm going to be able to have all this time to look around and it's going to be the like festival of all the Mary Poppins stuff and I'm just going to love it. And we found a park really easy. I was worried about that, but we found a park really easy. And then we were walking through, we found coffee, excellent start. There was so much going on at the festival and I'm not quite sure who organised it, but I find this at a lot of events. They organise stuff on at the same time. That's fine if you have a multi-day event, but if your event is one day, that's not helpful. Just public service announcement out there to the Mm. people that are organising these events. (laughs) Stagger it throughout the day. There was gaps there. Mm. I saw them. I found them. I'm happy to help you for next year. (laughs) Just reach out because it meant then we couldn't see stuff. So then I had to choose. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh. And I don't understand it. And it was really a bit annoying. But I was like, don't I wanted to go to the information desk and say is anyone aware that this is a thing so I was like don't don't do that don't be that person because it also can't be changed right now you want to though I want to I so wanted to and then you I want know to what, though don't you, you I know be, what yeah, would have yeah, happened yeah. I would have said listen next year I'm in I'll be on the organizing committee I really don't have time for that but I want oh, to no, yeah that, that's what would have happened and then, and then when you've overcommitted, you'd be like, what are the steps that have led up to me saying that I would volunteer, coordinate the Mary Poppins Festival? And you'd go back to that moment. Right. So I didn't, I was really proud of myself because probably unmedicated <laughs> me 12 months ago would have done that and said, do you guys, like, this is ridiculous. Someone needs to change that. I'll do that. I'll sort it out for you. Just tell me who I have to speak to. So how good is medication? <laughs> oh my God. That is just, that is when people say, what difference does medication make? That's the difference. Chantel saw that, saw what would have happened and thought, I know what that path leads to. And then she stood back and didn't do it and has the awareness to see it. Mm-hmm. That there, ladies, round of applause. Well that, done. That's that, amazing. That's the value in a diagnosis and in medication. There you go. So, there you go. We, it was, it was a bit, then it got a bit chaotic and Millie wanted to do something. Henry wanted to do something else. And we wanted to see they had like chimney sweep races on at the same time as craft. And I was like, you know what? We can only do what we can do. This is it. So let's see what's going on. What they did have that I thought was fabulous was a bit of a scavenger hunt. So then we just followed that the kids were filling that out and that we followed that around the festival and we just saw what was wherever it was and wherever we landed but that wasn't really what I wanted out of the festival so although we were seeing stuff it was ticking the box but it wasn't the value and silly me should have known better didn't pack snacks in my bag and I didn't plan lunch oh now that's tough if you're in Brisbane or at home so I get overwhelmed by the food decision so even in my own fridge if I'm hungry or the kids are hungry it is hard for me to make a decision let alone when I'm somewhere where I don't know what our options are 
so we start people start getting hungry in our group and we're then frantic and we go from hungry to hangry in about 0.25 seconds there is not a lot of lead up time there and I'm not very good at spotting the cues which is why it feels like 0.25 seconds it's probably an hour because there was lead up you just didn't see it yet. and I don't see it we find food and there is an hour wait there's no no Ooh. cafes are taking bookings again Mary Borough Council if you're listening <laughs> you can you can really capitalize on on this festival let your cafes book tables and get some more food fans in so all the cafes were booked out they were an hour minimum hour wait for food all of the food vans were like 60 people deep and I was standing at the top of the hill looking down at all of these food vans shocked that all of these people it was like being at the Ecker in this tiny country town and I was like I don't actually know what happened here and I don't think I'm enjoying this and it was me who wanted to come to the Mary Poppins festival and I just want to go back to the caravan and sit around the fire and not be here that's what I want to do <laughs> but I was too, I felt like I was too far too far deep I was I was in we were there Henry was and he was making you can't you can't do that now, Chantel. You can't you can't have a mum tantrum and just go, I'm leaving and just no. leave your kids as much as you no, want you to. Can't. So what did you do? So I committed to the baked potato line. I was like, I can't I'm just gonna have to sit here for however long it takes and just get the food because if I keep leaving to find if other lines are quicker, they're not gonna be. So we waited, we got the baked potato and we all got baked potatoes. I think I just bought six because I was like, if someone, I'm just going to throw food at everybody and someone will catch it. And if we've got too much, who cares? So we we were all mm. fueled. That was great. And then I was really chasing, you know, we might have a little bit of a look around and then go. And we hadn't even been to the museum at this point. It's like two o'clock again. The festival finishes at four. And... I think it was actually closer to three and I said, oh, we kind of like, we'll just have a look around and then head home. And my man was like, we haven't been to the museum. And I was like, oh yeah, well, maybe we'll have to come back. What a nice reason to have to come back. <laughs> and she said, but that was the whole point. That was the whole reason why we came. And I was like, yeah, but I just, like it's okay nan it's it's all right and she was like come on let's go and this is why I love my nan because you know she knew the the disappointment I would have felt had I've not been and she was able to push just a little bit harder without breaking me really. She has that ability. So we went into the museum and again, I, I had this idealistic version that we would all walk around together with our little maps and find the mice and write the story. And none of that happened. We were just all wherever we wanted to be. And that again, I was like, this is perfect because if we were all trying, if I was trying, it would have been hurting cats. If we, and I thought, no, this is it. We're at the museum. And if they the kids want to take off and go and look somewhere else because I want to read this thing, let them do that. 
again, holidaying differently. Mm. I'd never done that before. It was all, you know, come on, let's hold hands and walk through this way. And, you know, because I thought they wanted to see that. They don't. They want to see something else and that's okay. And they're old enough to be able to do that. So before, let's talk about before, what would you have done? Would you have pre-planned the food? You would have pre-planned the food? Because you know how you said you arrived and then there was no real... Because I try to, I have the battle with like letting go. So, okay, I let go of the planning, but Mm -hmm. then I'm like stressing. And then at that moment, I would think, Jane, you have fucked up. That's what I thought. If you had have organized this properly, this wouldn't have happened. And so then it's confusing. But then often my husband's always like, just let go, it will be fine. But then I don't even really know what the answer is to that because you ended up getting all all the potatoes, but you wait like, what? Like That wasn't what I wanted to eat. Like I wanted to sit down all together and have a night. So maybe it's better to overplan it a bit. Well, here's the thing. I think I should have taken some snacks, really, so that when people were like, oh, I'm hungry, if we then had to wait an hour for a table, nobody was starving. We had some snacks, right? An apple, Mm. muesli bar, whatever. Tiny teddies, packet of lollies. Who cares? Just something. Mm. And instead of like that was just one static point so if we had lunch if we had lunch booked or hadn't if we had thought about where we might want to eat so I should have pushed a little bit harder on the like yeah super happy to do whatever maybe we just come together at lunch and then everyone can branch off again so that we always had that point and I knew that everyone was eating so we actually didn't have to over plan because we were only planning one thing and that there's the value in the the in inverted commas not planning or not over planning. There's a value in not over planning. So we've just done one thing that's critical to making sure that everybody is able to value the experience that we're having. They can all enjoy the festival because they're not, you know, can't think straight because they're so hungry. And that we've had been able to share a meal together. And mm. that that mm. so I feel like if I had done that just pushed a little bit harder of oh we don't have to plan anything else I just thought it would be nice to do this so we've always got that point to come to go to and to go from and then we've at least all eaten I have since learnt from that moment because we had a we went down to the Gold Coast for the air show recently and again food was a problem so I had this false sense of oh there's heaps of food down at surface it'll be fine but it's actually the executive function or the capacity to have executive functioning skills when I'm hungry are zero absolutely zero so although there's lots of food around Mm. making the decision and being able to think about that process and then figure out how to get what everyone wants to eat I I actually can't do that so food is a really critical component so the next time what I am going to do is exactly that so we will have that static point of this is what we're eating or where we're eating and then we can go to and from there whatever and if we find something different that we see that maybe we thought would be better we can look at it because guess what we can change our mind or we can do that next time and those are two things that I've never considered before Mm, either in the planning so this is a cafe we're eating at at 12 so like, o'clock. Yeah, if flexibility. We, yeah, if we then saw another cafe and we're like, actually, that looks really good and they've got a table, yeah, we can eat there if we want to. We just change our booking. Who cares? Like it's mm. not a, you know, that rigidity okay. that I used to have. Yeah, okay. 
And then so then you also let go a little bit by the sounds that in the museum, you let everyone kind of walk around by themselves, every, you know. Yeah, did it matter if we weren't all looking at the same thing? Yeah, and then so then how did that go? And then did you leave on the Monday or were you there yeah, for another few days? Yeah, I think we days? had, like we woke up the next morning. Yeah, we did. We had that night there and that was really lovely. We sat, we did sit around the fire for about three hours that night or that afternoon night with Nan and Pop and we had the most wonderful conversations. And the children still say now, a few months later, they're like, I never knew that about Nan or I never knew that about Pop. And I would ask them questions like, you know, what was your favourite job? And what was, you know, what was something you always remember as a kid that's really stuck with you? Because I had the time to do that, to think about, you know, to just have a conversation and not Mm. not it be a task of, you know, I want to talk to Nan about this or I want to get this information or I need to, it was it was just a conversation. And it, it really highlighted to me how frequently I don't ever do that. And that, that was really quite surprising. So, yeah, we then packed up and, and left on the Monday. And, again, no real plan, just when we were ready. And that went pretty smoothly. And we were driving home and then we started to get hungry. And then it all went downhill again because we had the caravan. So we needed to find somewhere that we could park. We couldn't find anywhere. Then we found somewhere, but the line to get food was out of control. I don't know what was happening in Gympie that weekend, but I think the whole of Brisbane had descended upon this small strip of shops in the one hour that we were there. And I couldn't think. So I just got back in the car and just sipped my water the whole way back because I just, I couldn't cope. And but then I got home and I was starving. I just had to come inside and I made something to eat and I just had a cup of tea and I said, I just need like half an hour. And so everyone just came in. They just got their stuff in and out of the van or whatever in the car. And But food is a real, that has been a real, a real point that we need to work on. And the, but the transition. So we, we talked a lot about how leaving on a, on a Saturday would be a better idea as opposed to trying to leave that Friday night because on that Friday night, everyone's got time to get their stuff ready instead of trying to do it all in a really small amount of time. And then the Saturday we can kind of just wake up. And And I did think the same when we fly. Like we will probably fly maybe on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon so that we've had the time to do that because it's actually more valuable in terms of our and realistic for us if we're going to enjoy that holiday than it is to be pushing it to leave on the Friday to maximise the time. And that really, to be honest, that's blown my mind because I was just, the the idealistic was we finish school on a Friday, literally drive straight to the airport and get on a plane and we've got two extra days. But it's probably taken me two days of just feeling stressed and being cranky mum before I can actually sit into holiday mode. So they might get two good days and then I'm stressed again because we're packing to go home. Yeah, you know, that's a good, you know what? I actually have not, I'm not even close to that learning. That's actually a really good point because I'm always thinking if I'm flying somewhere, I'm paying all the money for flights. I like, I would think you'd want to have the extra night and then you can wake up, you're already there and you get the whole day. But I also think you're making a really good point. Because the other thing that I've always done is just done a neurotypical holiday. So 
and I've just been like not keeping up with the Joneses, but a little bit like that. Like, why can't we go there on the Friday night and then leave on the Monday morning or whatever it is and then go straight to school and work or whatever? Like, why can't we do that? But actually it's a complete recipe for disaster. You've got less time, but maybe it's more quality time. That's a yeah, point. and it really has been about the learning to enjoy the process. So when we go, okay, we're on holiday, say from the Saturday morning, right? Say we're not leaving to the Sunday afternoon and so we finish school on the Friday and work and we've packed our bags and we wake up Saturday we're on holiday we're just not at the destination so the the joy of the holiday can actually start well before we're at the destination and the value is in the journey not not the end point yeah it's kind of like when you look at flights right and you see a cheaper flight and it like flies out at 6 a.m like, oh, I'll save $500 if I pick that flight. And then when it's the night before, you think, did I do that? what was I thinking? $500 or whatever it was, right? I would pay that right now not to ha- have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning with my children. But in the moment of the booking, it just seems obvious that you would pick 6 a.m. But then in the moment, it's like totally stupid. What about Chantel with, have you ever gone to a destination, right? Let's say the Gold Coast or Maryborough and had an amazing time right? Well, look, it's laughable and amazing time. Maybe not an amazing time. Maybe you've had an okay time or a time that you thought was a bit better than expected. My brain then goes, let's go there again soon, but for longer. And I get trapped in this, like, I'm going to make it even better if I do this. Have you ever done that? All the time. And because my efficiency part of my brain also says, well, if you have to pack all the things you need anyway, toothbrush, et cetera, for one night. Why wouldn't you go for three? Oh, there's a public holiday or a day off or I could move this. We could actually go five. And then there's another weekend. We could go for 10 days. That's like a real proper holiday. That's 10 days. Amazing. That's that's what I do. That's what I do. 100%. And it's a fucking nightmare because the logistics that go into rescheduling shit for 10 days And then when you come back, the shit that you have to deal with for not being around for 10 days is enormous. Forget about even then just trying to plan the 10 days and the transport and the whatever. And then is it realistic for people with ADHD to switch off for 10 days? Because I'm starting to become aware that I actually can't do that because if I'm thinking I'm going to relax for 10 days, like I'm lucky to relax for an hour. So the whole idea of being on holidays is that it's an idea, but actually what happens is I get on my computer because I have to stimulate my brain, right? And then my husband like, oh, what are you, why are you working? Like, what are you doing working? And I'm thinking to myself, I want to work because my brain is so bored. And it's not I yeah. have to work. I just, I want to. Want to. Because yeah, I can't absolutely. stand it any longer. The other thing I was reflecting on while we were away because there were so many times that I would think about work or reach for my phone to to check something and it actually had nothing to do with being bored because there was a lot around me that could see me and I'm talking in in the three-day holiday so this is not even 10 days this is a three-day holiday and I would reach for it and it really had a very strong connection to self-worth so if I'm good at my job and I'm good at what I do, that's where I, I'll find my value. So when I'm feeling vulnerable in other places, that's my go-to. So, and it's exciting and I love what I do. 
Oh, I just had an epiphany. I just had an epiphany, Chantel. Yes. That's what I do on the weekends. My husband's like, do you really need to work? But I do because sometimes I just feel so hopeless, like parenting and you're just thinking, I'm just don't know if I'm doing it right. I'm exhausted. My kids are driving me crazy. And then I'll find an excuse to go on my no, computer. It's and it's not like scrolling. Yeah. It's like I'm being productive. But you're right because I know I'm good at work. I actually, I am. It's probably one of the areas I'm definitely yeah. better at. I've always been great at, at stuff that's work-related. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I always wonder and, why I want to do that. You know, that's who doesn't why. want a little dose of, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, you are, you're doing well. You're doing great. Good job, you. You're excellent. You've produced results. Who doesn't want that? I, and I feel when they're, you know, in those vulnerable moments when our mm. level of, well, my level of self-hatred was so great and I was like, I just, that's exactly what I needed was just something that validates that I'm not completely shit and that outward thing was work. So to go away for 10 days, to be away from work for 10 days, the subconscious thoughts that were happening there for me were also massive of I'm not going to be valuable for 10 days. How do I, like, how do I do that? And not being able to cope with that, you know, they've just taken my security blanket for 10 days. Would we expect our kids to sleep? My daughter has a thing that she sleeps with every night. Would I expect her to go without that for 10 days? Absolutely not. So it's unsustainable for me to do that. So it is short holidays. That's where it's at. I think it's a good point. One thing I wanted to ask you, Chantel, this is just a totally random thing, right? I, I actually, I usually disclose most things online, but I'm not going to disclose the reason why I did this because this is just, it's just so dumb, right? It's like real, real dopamine seeking weird thing that I did. So I booked in January, right? I think it's the second week of January. SeaWorld Nara Resort. I think I booked it for four days. Okay, so I can't tell you why I did it because it's so embarrassing. Like I honestly, it's horrific. Like how dumb that was. So I thought because I was I'm I don't want to use the idiot word, but it was an idiotic chaotic. I assumed it would be refundable because (laughs) I thought, oh look, it's so far ahead. I won't I won't get back like like January. I will never get that 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 in like that sea well you'll never get into January unless you book it now that was my that was one of that was the more coherent thought that I had and I thought what I'll do is I'll just book it and I just assumed because it was so far away that it would be refundable because you know it's like I booked it in like June anyway I looked it up the other day because I thought that was really silly and I actually want that money back and I looked at it it is non-refundable so it's like And I don't know how much it was. And the reason I don't know is because I don't want to know because I would not have thought, oh, God, that's a terrible decision. My thought pattern was do, I think it was three or four nights, go hard, do the whole SeaWorld thing and come back up. But actually, even in the learnings I've had in the last two months, which is probably when I've started the Vivance and I've started to become a little bit more aware of things that I'm looking at this going, Noosa, I shouldn't declare where I'm going because, (laughs) oh, you know what, ADHD mums come up if you want to, Noosa Habitat, which we're going in September, is like outdoors, it's on the river, we're just getting a cabin, like I've booked to go to that that place for dinner so we don't have to cook because, yeah, as I said, my husband's quite fussy, so it's not like some people go, just get a pizza or some sausages, like that doesn't fly for him, he wants a proper meal. Okay, fine. So anyway, but I had this realisation that Noosa Habitat, I think, 
touch wood will be okay. That's outdoorsy. It's quite calm. Yes, it'll be busy, but not so much. But SeaWorld, I've realized, is a massive mistake, I think. And I'm wondering at this point, but it's non-refundable. I have no idea what to do about it. I'm like, I could probably try and sell that on marketplace. It might be transferable. Maybe. Or can you get a credit for a different time of year? So it might not be refundable, but can you go in not in school holidays? Yeah, because I think you're right. I kind of do want to go because this is what I was wanting to ask you because you go to festivals and stuff. Like you talked about the Eckhart. I would never go to any of those places. I like I just can't. physically myself, I don't even want to go. So I was wondering how do we go with the busyness? Because at some ki- some point my kids are going to want to go to SeaWorld. Well, they already want to go now or they want to go to Wet n Wild. What, what do you do? I noticed something the other day. Someone said, should you, I've got a pupil free day coming up for my kids. Should we go to Wet n Wild then? Like when is a good time to go? I don't know. Yeah. So I would go out of school. I would pull the kids out of school and I would go out of school holiday period. And that might, you know, any teachers listening or education professionals might not agree with that, but that, that would work better for us as a family. There's value there. So, and my expectations of what we could achieve in one day need to change from being idealistic to being realistic. So we could probably do one thing, like look at one show or whatever, and then go and sit on the grass and just lay down and look at, think about who, what we can see and what can we hear and, oh, there's a, you know, dolphin or whatever you know there's a bit of patch of grass just up where the dolphins are so you can kind of just sit there and I think for you knowing those points where you can just take them and it's calm and you can sit will be really valuable my kids are a little bit older so we start to have those conversations of what is actually realistic so if we were going to SeaWorld I would get the timetable that shows what time the different events are on and I'd say to them okay guys we've got and it's great that you're going for four days or three nights so that you can actually spread it out and I'd say to them okay what are the things that we really want to see because again the joy of the holiday process starts then not when you're on holiday so what do you Mm, really want to see yeah, and then you get there and it's madness and then you get the itinerary in your hand at that point yeah. and everyone's – and you try – yeah, that that's what I would usually do. And then I'm like everyone's yeah. yelling at me and I'm like, oh, my God, I, I yeah. want to get out already. Yeah, two minutes so put, like, get it out now. Figure out what, what do they want to see, what looks interesting, what are they interested in, and then you can kind of – you'll be able to get an idea of what they genuinely have more of an interest in and prioritize that so maybe it's this dolphin show on the first day and you'll just have no other expectation other than we will see the dolphin show like that is it and we will do that at that time that's the only static point that we have and we have lunch and we have snacks and we know where the grassy area is to calm down ring them ask them if they've got a sensory room there is at SeaWorld the penguins. There is a, it's a dark kind of cave area. And I have sat in the corner of there with my kids a few times because okay. it is just quiet and it's dark and it's chilled out. And we've just gone and sat in there and they can see the penguins. It just lets them regulate a little bit quicker, like get back to that base point quicker than if we were not in there. It's never all roses, but they're the kinds of things that I would do 
now going into something like that and yeah definitely outside of school time if there's yeah like if there's people free days i know that on the sunny coast there's different holidays and people free days and stuff to the gold coast so maybe check out what those you know differences are and get the credit i'll give it yeah that's what i'm wondering yeah you know they always say it's non-refundable but i wonder if i ring and then i actually just go look I've actually got sensory processing stuff with the kids. Is there any, you know, maybe if I kind of, I'm sure they say that as a blanket rule, but we can see how we go. I don't remember reading non-refundable when I booked it, but that doesn't mean it wasn't there, you know. But yeah, that's really interesting because as ADHD kids, a lot of them do want to go to, you know, the amusement parks. They want to go to Big Boeing. They want to go to SeaWorld. They want to go to those places. And in some ways that can be great, but then you've also got, possibly the ADHD parent there who's overwhelmed and also how do they cool down because also they don't want to leave you know they're hyperactive I could imagine saying to my kids no at two o'clock we're leaving they'd be like no way we're moving you know and they run there's a lot to manage there so too. again that like that value in in mm. planning the days with them so like we want this holiday to be really like to be enjoyable and we want to see these things how are we going to do that probably looks like for us not being like having times to be there or having times to leave you know what do we really want to see and that's the dolphin show okay so on Tuesday is the dolphin show and so that's their only expectation as well you also know you've got the freedom and flexibility Mm. of the time and you just like you might actually be sitting on the grass or you might be standing in the you know undercover area and everyone's screaming and you're like hey guys are you ready to go and they're like yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. (laughs) That might be what happens. The other thing I was thinking as well is I was wondering what would you, like if if you did go to SeaWorld or whatever for, let's say it's not in January though, like let's say it's a little bit calmer. I was wondering, Mm -hmm. because see, the kids always want to go like Mm -hmm. water parks or they want to go on the slides. So I'm thinking as well, like my husband is, is, he would want to go to like Wet n Wild Movie World. He'd want to go to a world every day and I'd have to kind of hold him back a bit. Because I'd be thinking, well, if you did that all day, the kids might want to just go down the water slides for half the day the next day, which for them is relaxing because it's water, it's a pool. Hopefully if it's not January, it won't be packed. And I was thinking I could probably sit and read a book because I know that you can possibly do that elsewhere. But then you were referencing your kids wanted to go on all the playgrounds at Early Beach. And it's kind of like that, that, that thing that relaxes them in some ways, if it's not January, but because there's always that temptation to just fill it with more movie world, sea world, all of the worlds, yeah, which doesn't seem like a good idea. You can go back to the Gold Coast, do one, yeah, and do yeah. one how you need to do it. And, you know, that was really great. We've created great memories. We love that. Next time, should we go to movie world? Correct, correct. Next time, should we go to Dreamworld? Have you ever seen that meme where it's like this lady, she's clearly been in a boxing match or something, and they're like, how was your holiday with your kids? And she's like fully like her face is pummeled. Oh. That's what like I imagine it would be if we just went to a different world every day. I'm like, that would be how I would look and feel. And it does not meet your sensory needs either. It did not, like it doesn't meet mine. The other thing that I have really been focusing on in the last I'll I'll be completely honest it's just in the last week is my protective measures because they impact the house so much and 
it's shit that if I don't, if I'm not strict with my bedtime, I'm legitimately a cranky toddler Mm. and I hate that, but it is what needs to happen for us to operate regulated. So we went away last weekend just to the Gold Coast to see the air show and on the Friday morning we were meant to leave that Friday afternoon after school and again like there was no pressure it was just come home from school and then when we're ready we'll head down there but on the Friday morning I was trying to get the whole house cleaned so that I could work during the day finish at about 12 o'clock and then ease on through that transition but what happened was the mornings of getting ready for school it is remarkably improved but it can be a nightmare and so I'm running around cleaning trying to get thinking you know the kids a bit full and then I'll have a shower and blah, blah blah and I've got to vacuum the floor and mop it and I'll get all of that done so then when we had a little blow up it actually turned into a big blow up that I was so unregulated, I actually couldn't leave Mm. that Friday afternoon. We didn't get down there until the Saturday morning because that was the level of impact it had. I hadn't been well as that the week previous, the last two weeks before that as well. So I was still like pretty run down and just feeling a bit average and it just was so overwhelming. But that the after effect was debilitating. And I really, my goals, this week has been I need to be in bed at 9.30 and I need to get up at 5.15 because that shower in the morning without having to listen out for who's doing what, making sure they're on task and like that is so valuable in terms of my self-care and setting up our household for success. So my two goals in the morning are just to shower and get dressed before everybody is awake. That's it because it gives me time to be more present and then I can help the kids with their needs. Mm. You know, some mornings Millie might need me to help her pack her bag. Other mornings she's okay with that. Some mornings, you know, Henry needs more motivation than others. But if I haven't done that, I'm constantly chasing, well, when am I going to get dressed? And I've got that internal clock ticking and the rage starting and then it's outwardly expressed in you know short or tone or whatever it might be and it's just shit for the whole house so I have to have a strict bedtime so that the house operates better in the morning and that it blows my mind the level of impact that it has on a house it really blows my mind but this week has been beautiful and I can't really say that about any other week Mm. Mm. So, yeah, when you're away, what do you do with protective measures? Like, do you use any headphones or earplugs? Because I was wanting to put some on Billy because of his noise sensitivity for, like, the big boy. But he doesn't want to have the headphones that you can see because he feels embarrassed. But then the earplugs fall out because his ears are so small. And, of course, he doesn't feel them come out and he's not aware and he loses them. But the earmuffs and stuff, my kids, they find them embarrassing and also too tight. Mm Mm-hmm. I know, I don't know if you've tried these, but the occupational, like the putty, you can get a soft putty, pliable that you can pop in the ears. You can get them for swimming as well. And they're almost like blue tack, but it's like special ear stuff. And that might be a bit easier because it will fit to his ear and it's not very noticeable. However, they do have lots of different colours, so he could choose that. 
or even just the occupational ones that they have at Bunnings. They're just like a soft little foam that fit into the ear and because they're foam, they... Oh, yeah, they're cheaper too, yeah. Yeah, but that might feel a bit weird, whereas I know the putty, like once in it, just kind of... I used to be a swim teacher, so I used to have a lot of kids that would have grommets and things like that and they'd always recommend those to parents because their ears are like developing and changing shape but they're also usually too small for other stuff and you can't wear lots of different things in the water so that might be helpful again as my kids have gotten a bit older Henry's quite sensitive to noise and he will just come up to me and say you know it's too loud mum and I'll say would you like me to put my hands over your ears and he'll say yes and he'll just happily stand there and I just gently kind of give him a hug but he's older he can communicate that when he was younger I mean I was unmedicated as well and just you know winging fucking everything so I don't know what I did when he was younger but I wish I had kind of used the putty that's okay I just was thinking we're talking you know sea world amusement parks you know, festivals, the stuff that the ADHD kids want to go to, but then two or three hours in, the overload starts. And I usually put my earplugs in, like I had my earplugs in at the big point. And then I looked at poor Billy and thought, geez, I've looked after myself. But I mean, in saying that, he also won't wear the earmuffs that I've got. So it's like I've offered them. He just like, he doesn't want to wear them. But he said to me afterwards it was too loud and I just was reflecting on SeaWorld and some of the stuff we thought about and thought, well, how will he go? He'll spend the entire time in the penguin cave, you know, and it'll be me and him in the penguin cave. Although that might be quite enjoyable, Chantel. It's really relaxing in there. It's really relaxing and it's quite mesmerising as you watch the penguins swim through. Like it's just beautiful. I think for us as the parents it's allowing that time and changing those expectations so literal expectation would be we're going to see the dolphin show today and you will have little you know stops along the way to make the day enjoyable for you and for them so you know it's time let do you guys want to get an ice cream when you know that maybe after an hour they need space and time away so that they can collect some spoons and keep going through the afternoon. So we call it a spoon hunt. Again, my kids my kids are a bit older, so they understand it a bit more and they understand what gives them back spoons. But it's still terminology you could use in for you. And then as they're getting older, you know, it's it's part of the norm. You know, mum's collecting spoons because she 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 lost them at the dolphin show. There were so many people, they took some of my spoons. So I need to sit down and have an ice cream and let's collect some spoons, you know, and or whatever that, whatever metaphor you want to use Mm. for that. And so they're also, we're normalising it for them. This is okay. You can still festival. You can still theme park. We just need to do it a bit different and we don't need to highlight the fact that this is what we need to do because if anyone else is looking at us, we're just a family sitting on the grass having an ice cream. That's it. But it is necessary for us to survive. Mm. Agreed, agreed. And with that, I love what you're saying there, Chantel. Let, let's finish up because we always seem to go over. What would be your final final kind of takeaways or any messages that we've missed in regards to holidaying with kids and, you know, I don't even want to say have a good time, but, you know, have an okay time, feel that you can do it again. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely that really understanding what's idealistic what's realistic and not 
loading yourself up because you think this is the only opportunity. You know, if you're going for shorter times, if that works for you, you can go back to the Gold Coast or you can go back to wherever and don't be afraid to do the small, maybe cheaper little trips to fine tune it, to then use them as practice runs. I'm still practicing, but this is our, like our fourth go. And, you know, we still don't have it perfect and there's definitely been bumps, but I am far more aware now than what I have been. And what I will say is the, that deep sense of I'm a shit human hasn't lasted as long. Still there, but it's been quicker to go and there's definitely been more happy moments that I have felt in our holidays and that that it really starts from when you decide to go on the holiday. That's the start of the holiday and and doing doing things a bit different from that point. That that's been really valuable for me and I really hope that you know that might help some other people as well because I had forgotten that. Mm. Oh, I think there's always an element of hope with a holiday too. <laughs> you know, a break, a break and you know, you kind of look forward to the school holidays and then they arrive and often it can feel like you just want to go back to school and then but getting them back to school can be really difficult because they've just had two weeks off and they don't want to go. So then you're like kind of like cradling them to get back into school, which takes two weeks. And, you know, I'm usually pretty exhausted at that point. So I think the short, sharp holiday is a great trick. I'm definitely going to be trying that and then, yeah, practicing. And I'm going to also move that SeaWorld trip because that was a fucking disaster. I don't know what I was thinking. So thank you so much for your time again, Chantel. I always love interviewing you. And yeah, thanks to everybody who's listening. If you could jump in and leave me a review, that would be awesome. Apple Podcasts is my preference, but Spotify, I'll take anything I could get. I love a great message, but what the reviews do is it helps other ADHD mums find me. So if you put a review in, it raises the rating which means that other people can more easily see it. So that's a great way to spread the message. And I really appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much and goodbye. Thanks so much, Jane.